All right, this is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. And this is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! And we have a, uh, a returning guest, Jeannie Barrera. I felt so bad, Norman, because you wanted to be here when I, I was out of town. Yeah, exactly. So we, uh, it was so nice we uh, did it twice. We bring her back in. Yeah. Jeannie, how, how are you doing? Good, good, good. Awesome. So, uh, Jeannie Baroga, for those who don't know, is a, uh, a playwright who um, has a work in, uh, I forget what university. Um, what university is carrying your work? Stanford. Stanford little, University. Little Stanford University. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing little about Stanford. It's fantastic. <laughs> you are the uh, playwright of Buffaloed and um, Aurora and uh, so, so many others. And you have your book. Yeah. Which you just given to your publisher. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. What's the book's name? Ta- title again? The book's name is Turn Right at the Water Buffalo. That's right. Turn Right mm. at the Water Buffalo. Mm-hmm. We talked about that in the um, the podcast. It was um, uh, it was Fourth uh, of July weekend. So, oh, yeah. I was wondering. Huh? <laughs> That's a long time ago. As always, how are you doing, Norman? I'm hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what I'm always saying. <coughs> the week just flew. Yeah. It, it just flew by. Um. And when we get to shout outs, I'll talk more about it. But uh, Ubuntu is doing Rashomon. That's right. So I, I'm going I, to see that tomorrow night. Yeah, Rashomon. That'll be August 25th. Well, August 25th is past already, but it's running until September 17th. Mm-hmm. And um, I just finished uh, Each One Reach One. We just did one of our programs in mm-hmm. Juvenile Hall in San Mateo. How are the kids doing? Uh, they were young ladies and young women. Mm-hmm. And um, they, I think, were fantastic. I think they really enjoyed it. I hope awesome. they did. Um, the program went fairly well, and I was leading it, which I don't normally do, so it was interesting to be on that side of the table for once, mm-hmm. um, and it's always a joy to, to see these new works get created, so yeah. it was nice to feel it all You want another pillow, No, I think No, okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's been the big thing. Um, the fall feels like it's finally starting, so I'm starting to pick up some other gigs and getting out there a little bit more. and. Mm-hmm. And realizing I should make some phone calls. So, I mean, this might be one thing that we, we spend some time talking about is one how one manages one's career. Right. Because as a young actor, if I had, like right now, I've got Hamlet. Hamlet's coming up. We mm-hmm. In a month, a month from tomorrow, we start rehearsals. Mm-hmm. We'll open in November. That'll take me through the holidays, really. I mean, you know, we'll close right before the holidays, and then right after the holidays, I... Still haven't signed the contract, but it looks like I start another project in January. Oh, awesome. So, mm-hmm. on that level, I'm feeling really comfortable. And what's nice is I look for audition notices and I see, oh, I can't. Oh, I can't do that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't do that one. But, um, for instance, I went up to 6th Street, 6th Street Playhouse in Santa Rosa. Mm-hmm. And I did their generals. And I got really nice response from it, but I haven't heard anything from them. And they just put a listing out for another round of auditions. And I'm like, well, I should go and I should go and um, maybe I should go show my face again. I can't be in the next show that's coming up, but it might be worth taking that trip one more time just to remind them that I felt like I had a solid audition. They gave me feedback, made me feel like I had a solid audition. Maybe I should be proactive and take the responsibility for keeping in touch with them rather than sitting by the phone, mm-hmm. hoping, hoping, hoping that they'll call me. <coughs> because too many times in my career, I've heard from particularly casting directors, 
oh my gosh, you're perfect for this. Oh, I've got to have you in. And then I see them after the show has been cast or after the show is up. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you should have come out for this. Oh gosh, I wish I'd thought of you. I would have had you. You would have been perfect for this. Yeah, but I would think, especially for you, people know who you are. So if someone wants you, they'll just call you. Or But they don't. Yeah. And, and they don't do that with many people. I, I thought it was me. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, when Oakland Public Theater was up and running, yeah. and I was meeting all this new talent, people would come to town, I'd get to know them, and I'd keep in touch with them, because that's the way I did things. And so I'd talk to I remember more than once, I hear, I'd hear from somebody who'd come to town and made the rounds, and mm-hmm. everybody was talking about them. San Jose is talking about them. The Magic is talking about them. Cal Shakes is talking about them. Mm-hmm. The Aurora wants to have them in. And suddenly, and then they bump into the casting director somewhere and they say, oh, we're going to do this. We're, we're going to have all these auditions in a couple of months. We've got to have you in. And I remember this one particular woman was just about to move. Mm-hmm. And that's because she was done with this scene. For the first six <coughs> months, there was all this excitement, including a lot of, we need to have you in. We should have you in. we got to make sure we see you for this. Yeah. There was one show that she had been talked to about. Again and again, mm-hmm. when the auditions came up, nobody contacted her, and it yeah. hadn't been listed. They were invitation. They were audition by invitation. Mm-hmm. She happened to talk to another actress and said, are you going out for this? I think you'd probably be good for it. It was the show she'd heard about. Yeah. And so she was hearing with like two days mm-hmm. warning that this audition was happening, wasn't able to clear her schedule to do it. And she's like, well, wait a minute. This is somebody who saw me a number of times mm-hmm. and said, I've got to have you in, got to have you in. Yeah. It's, it's a two-way street, though. I mean, it's, it, of course, the actor, you, because you're the one searching for work. Mm-hmm. It's your responsibility to get your name out there and to make the contacts. Mm-hmm. But it's also the casting director or whoever the director is or producer to, the minute you know that you got a show lined up, that to get out there and try to collect those folks. I mean... They do. But, um, you know, to, I'll try to be kind to them. Maybe they're herding cats. You know, maybe that's what it is. They just feel like there's too much going on. They've got mm-hmm. too many things going on, too many projects, too much to think about Yeah. to remember little old you. And that's not a personal dig at all, but that still leaves you sitting. Sure. You know, somebody asked me if I was going to go see Black Odyssey. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, actually, because I got to audition. I wasn't particularly thrilled with the way that process went. Interesting. And... So, for me to go see the show, yeah. I kind of have to and ignore that was also my experience. That was also by Ubuntu, right? No, no, no. That's Cal Shakes. Cal Shakes. Cal okay. Shakes just did it. Just closed. Okay. With a big, fabulous cast. So, yeah. I'm, you know, and that's the other thing. There's plenty of talent out there. So, again, if little OU doesn't show up, right. there's a good chance somebody else, I show up, or somebody else that's shows right. up, and we get the role. Yeah. And you didn't even get the, they didn't even get a chance to consider you. Yeah. But also, it's, it's I think it's in disingenuous for them to say, oh, shoot, I wanted you. I'm like, somebody pointed it out to me that maybe that's just their go-to. Yeah. They see you out in the world. It's happened to me so many times where I go to some other show. I went to a show in San Jose. Yeah. Had not seen this one casting director in years. Yeah. And the first thing out of her mouth is after she says, oh, yay, Norman, good to see you. Oh, you wouldn't have been perfect. No. I've got an audition coming up in a few months. Mm-hmm. You're going to be perfect for it. i got to make sure I contact you. I waited a couple of months, and then I got in touch with her. Well, the audition had just happened. 
Now, see, that, that just kills me. But somebody pointed out that that's just, you know, they are so used to seeing talent yeah. everywhere they go. And they legitimately like yeah. you. They legitimately yeah. appreciate yeah. your talent. But you just don't want to hear the BS of, oh, shoot, you know, that or that would have been, oh, you'll be perfect for this. Well, you have to learn to interpret it. Like, I, it took me as a young actor mm-hmm. a while to realize that when they say, Thank you. It was good to see you. What they're yeah. really saying is, get the fuck out. Your time is <laughs> yeah. done. Yeah. Hit the door. You right. did your moment. We liked it. Now leave. Yeah. Now see, the thing I like about Susan Evans, she's very direct. She'll yep. she she will not tell me about a role if I'm not good for it. Mm-hmm. She will say, hey, I want you to audition for something, or she'll say, listen, I've got something lined up. Don't do anything this particular month. Right. Because I've got you locked up for it. Right. Right. And let me know. If you can't do it. And they, and they all do that. I'm yeah. just saying there's a whole lot that slips through the cracks. And yeah. so it's up to you as the individual yeah. to manage your career yeah. and make sure that you followed up on the things that you thought you wanted. Yeah. But I know the directors who are not full of BS and the directors who are, even if they're just being kind. Mm-hmm. And you just you just don't have time for it, because, especially you, because this is your money. I mean, you know, right. if, you, if, you know if you don't get cast for a particular thing... Potentially, you could be out of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So, any thoughts, Jean? Well, Jeannie? <laughs> um, having been on that other side, mm-hmm. and uh, from the the standpoint of uh, a playwright who did go to a lot of auditions, mainly because uh, being in that kind of business and being of a certain type, let's say, of 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 theater professional, mm-hmm. I just felt like, okay, there's more than just a playwriting aspect to look at uh, and be involved in and to be on top of. And one was, okay, who are the actors in town? And uh, what I had used before with Norman was that one of the best things that happened more than once is when actors contact me mm-hmm. and they say, I hear your play is being done and all this, and uh, I w- or I wasn't available, and I... I, I, I something fell through, so I am available now, and maybe you would consider passing my name on to mm-hmm. the casting now, director, the, wh- whoever, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the director, whatever, the theater, or something like that. And I appreciate that because it's like, okay, that doesn't take much for me as whatever, whatever position I'm in to say here on a piece of paper, this person called me and they are now available. Do you know them? Or if I already know them, I say, I really like this person. I really did kind of think that it would be nice to see them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think as much as I'm hearing, okay, there's the casting director, there's the director, there's the artistic director. There are other people in in that whole uh, business Mm -hmm. of theater that you can tap on. Mm -hmm. And I I think as as actors who have to do that that uh, chase. Yeah. Um, that's something to probably consider adding to their already very busy schedule as well. And, and again, that's sort of that, that mid-range of actors who still need to get their name out there. Right. Sure. Like in the case of Norman, where he's he, he is known in, in the Bay Area. Uh, by I some. Think part, I, I think we're yeah, still getting it back Well, out. you are. You are. But the, the fact is, even um, the follow-up, like you're saying that there's an audition, you just auditioned. Mm-hmm. If you send them a headshot... Or an email and saying, "Hey, you saw me, but here's my headshot anyway." Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's that's another type of the follow-up mm-hmm. right. that has to come in with this day and age and electronics and email. And that there are more avenues to do 
to use other than picking up a phone saying, I'm, you know, hey, you know, I'm still here. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, that still means putting the work on the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the same token, it's, 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 it's the red flag. It's like, hey, take a look at me. I'm, sure. I'm serious. You know? you know, I've always, because um, if I don't get... Let me, let me ask you this question, Norman. When you don't, does it irritate you? Does it does it really, really irritate you if you don't hear anything at all? Do you want to hear the, listen, I'm sorry, but it just isn't going to work? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. In fact, as a casting person, as somebody on that side of the table, mm-hmm. I, I would say to this day, there's an actor, he didn't say anything to me this year, mm-hmm. but we reconnected about a year ago. And it was one of the first things he said to me when we talked face-to-face. Mm-hmm. We were both involved in a project, so we were doing little skits. Mm-hmm. He was in a different skit than I was. Mm-hmm. But at one point, we finally got a chance to sat. And he said, you probably don't remember me. Oh, and actually, he's David Stein, David O. Stein. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll have him on. Um, David. And he said, you probably don't remember, but I auditioned for you. And I'm like, dude, I totally remember you because he, I did not have a role for him in the show, mm-hmm. but I totally put him in my... I got to keep an eye on this guy pile yeah. because I could tell that there was, you know, somebody, mm-hmm. some talent worth considering. Yeah. I make sure when I was running auditions that I always contacted everybody immediately. Yeah. Now, the first thing you do when you do auditions is you cast the people you need. So you get your roles cast. You might already have a list of no's, but you don't call those people until you finish your casting. Then you call those people, and you especially call the people who you were considering, mm-hmm. and let them know that you really appreciated them coming in, mm-hmm. and that you would like to know what's next for them. You know mm-hmm. that you create some sense of relationship. Yeah. Um, and to me, that was standard. That was standard practice. So it's amazing to me that I've had a number of actors over the years come back to me years later to say that was one of the best auditions I've ever done, and I'm like, seriously. <laughs> Because, you know, I'm a little guy with not a whole lot. You know, I'm lucky if I've got two people helping me out in that process mm-hmm. back then. Well, you're talking again uh, from that point of view of uh, the more active artistic director, casting director. Right. Which is, you know, rare. Right. I think it's rare. I mean, from what I've seen is is that they get, again, so busy and mm-hmm. so... Inundated, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, herding cats, the whole thing. Right. That they, in their mind, they're they're sorting out. Okay, I got to make sure I, I I stay in touch with these people because those are the ones who, you know, yeah. the, the yeah. first on the list and stuff like that. These other people, uh, they'll understand mm-hmm. kind of thing. They'll right. understand. Right. I'll get back to them eventually, you know. And then that time doesn't come, and it doesn't come again, you know, after multiple uh, auditions, and and it it it's I I, I think. Quantity has a lot to do with it. It does. You know, you with with your theater, you knew you you knew who you wanted, mm-hmm. and uh, you would have a show once, twice a year. You know, at, at the most. Uh, right? Well, when we were you know, when we were going hot, we were doing. You know, it got down to the point where we were doing maybe one a year, but we were yeah. we were doing. We would do that. We would do development projects. We'd do readings, and then we started doing school tours. Yeah. So we actually had a full. Uh, yeah, I'm, sa- no, I'm saying that a I, lot of time. You, you, you did right. Okay, but as far as the, the, the production process, the one that mm-hmm. uh, is beyond development, the one that you're actually 
putting the money down on to see to a full right. a full production. That's where most of the work is going to go into. You know, yeah. and that's where most of the emphasis mm-hmm. and focus is going to go into. Yeah. Um, and I agree with uh, Jeannie. I mean, I remember being, um, I uh, what was it, um, Ray of Light Theater. Mm-hmm. I, and, you know, I was a part of Ray of Light Theater, you know, but when it was sort of small, uh, mm-hmm. this is like back in 2003, I'm looking at the Bat Boy uh, poster there. And then years, years later, it's gotten way, way big. I mean, I'm right. saying, I'm, I'm looking in San Francisco and there's Muni, you know, oh, I've seen advertisements yeah. on Muni mm-hmm. and, and all of that stuff. It's almost... Almost as big as the Orpheum. I mean, it's it's getting wow. really really close mm-hmm. to there. And it was a cattle call. And mm-hmm. of course, they've got folks that they want to focus on. And I did a, a couple of auditions. Never heard back from them, but I understood. I was mm-hmm. like, listen, mm-hmm. they're focusing on contacting folks they want, mm-hmm. and I, I can't. You know, as an actor, I can think about. Well, let me write them a letter, or let me, you know, mm-hmm. put my name out there. I don't want to bug people. I mean, maybe I, maybe that's the wrong. Idea. Well, that's what I've learned, yeah. is I think you have to reconfigure, because I have that mindset as well. <coughs> mm-hmm. It's not bugging them, because if it is bugging them, mm-hmm. then they can just ignore it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I don't really have time for this. I don't have any need to deal with Norman right now. Yeah. They can ignore it. Yeah. But if they forgot about you, mm-hmm. or they're so busy that they couldn't get that up. Now, the pushback I'll give you is, you're right, with that whole production team, But when your organization is big enough that you have somebody designated as a casting director, to me, that says that person should – to me, that's just part of that responsibility. And to me, that's that's a part of the culture I would love to see change in Bay Area theater. Mm -hmm. And I understand it may be part of the culture across the nation. I live in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. I would love Bay Area theater to find a more respectful way of dealing with its talent pool because it doesn't take that long. You can get some intern – some volunteer to just go down the list, call these people and say, thank you so much for coming in. You're not in. Or mm-hmm. email. Mm-hmm. These days, email. Yeah, it's email. Yeah, it's right. real easy. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I, I don't buy that. But to, and I've had this in my mind for a long time, for years. I finally flipped it because I'm like, Norman, this is negative. I'm like telling somebody they're not doing their job. So let me instead offer a positive take on it, which is, I think casting directors, in the same way that I learned that a producer, and I love when we talk to producers and, mm-hmm. and I say, well, I think producer is an artistic position, and people don't think of it that way, but it is. From the choice of the show to yep. how much you're going to put into the budget of set, costumes, whatever, mm-hmm. all of that stuff, you're making artistic yeah, choices, yeah. and that's an amazing thing. I think a casting director is an artistic position, mm-hmm. and I think the casting directors could give the Bay Area Theater an identity that it lacks. Bay Area Theater, when you ask somebody to tell you what Bay Area Theater is, Mm -hmm. they have trouble defining it in any concrete way. Yeah. And I think one of the – and they will contrast it to New York, of course. Chicago, they will say. I've talked to people who know the Dallas market, the Dallas market. I've talked to people about the L.A. market. They say it's different, and they like this better Mm -hmm. than the theater market down there. But – I would love to see us develop that in the place the people I think would be could easily, most easily do it are the casting directors. If casting directors started really making an effort to own the fact that all that work that they already do mm-hmm. is an artistic endeavor. <clears throat> I was going to ask you, how I don't run into a lot of casting directors. Usually, I mean, like for Town Hall Theater... Susan Evans cast me for right. the role, although right. she's not the director. Right. But that's really the only time that I can think of. Usually it is the director who does the casting. 
ACT, mm-hmm. um, The Magic, and sometimes they hire, yeah, you know, sort of a freelance casting director. Uh, Marin, um, San Jose Stage. Well, San Jose Stage actually is in house. That's mm-hmm. that's more them doing it, but they're you know they have people who sort of put that hat on. Oh, okay. Um, you know, when there was San Jose Rep, they had casting director. Okay. Um, there are lots of the bigger companies that have them, you know, and obviously Berkeley Rep. Yeah. Um, the Aurora, Tom does it, so it's the artistic director. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're right. So I mean, it's there a is mix no of them, but yeah. when you actually designate, when you put behind somebody's name the title casting director, yeah. to me, that takes a certain amount of responsibility. And it's not just responsibility to the company. Yeah. It's responsibility to the community. Yeah, I was going to give a benefit of a doubt to actual directors uh, who's directing the show because they may not have the um, – because that's more of an administrative duty. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. A casting director, that is an administrative duty. They do nothing else but Well, they cast. may do other things. Yeah. But if they have the label, if they've been given the title – Yeah. To me, that's part part of the title. You're, yeah, you're absolutely right. No it, it isn't in practice, mm-hmm. but I would love for it to, it to be the same way. And rather than saying you have another responsibility, mm-hmm. I'm just saying based on the work that you're already doing, see yourself as an artist. Yeah. And see your contribution mm-hmm. as an artistic one. Yeah. That should and be I, 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 have, I have a question. Go for it. Okay. So I know you've probably been at some of these um, uh, panels I've been, I've been on them. Yes, yes. yes, as I have. Yeah, <laughs> you know, But the idea when they have a panel of casting directors, and there have been quite a few, it seems. They do it every year. Yeah. So I got invited uh, to go back uh, it was about three or four years ago. I got so being in the back. audience and being an actor watching this dialogue go on or mm-hmm. eventual Q&A, mm-hmm. what do you come away with? I mean, if that doesn't inform you as an actor what they're – jobs and positions uh, entail and what they expect from you as the the talent pool. They want to know. And I'm only bringing this up because I I really want to kind of – Show another side yeah, of this, having start, having have, have 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 been on on, on all those <coughs> sides. Because you say, okay, an artistic director doesn't really. Well, I haven't been in any casting situations where the artistic director wasn't present. You know, it's like they do have a, a large saying. Oh, I've, you know? I've been in plenty of them. And it's, it's amazing when you see, like, the amount of people at a table, I'm like, really? All these people are going to make a decision on, on, <laughs> on the casting? I have never seen Carrie Perloff. I casting director would want to be the one. Uh, Robert. You know, it's like they're the ones who, okay, here's, here's, here are the headshots. Okay. So um, that's administrative, right? Really, right. you know. Yeah. So the final decisions are going to be <coughs> that that those pool of people in that same room. So is this the information they tell you when, or whether or not you've been through many many auditions or not? What do you come away with when you they can't when you? But what do you come away with when you when you hear all these people talking about their jobs and what they expect from you and what what their jobs entail? Does it satisfy you? Is it is it not is it not you know um, is it not connecting on both sides about what everybody's needs are? Do you mean the average person who goes to those panels? The the part, the peop, not the people on the panel, but the people who come to see I'm it, to get information. Yeah, I'm saying you know, is there some the sort casting of directors show up there in the hopes that they can clarify for people what's going on? But that would sort of like be saying. You drive, I drive. When you're in the passenger seat, 
your ability to see what's going on around you is way different than when you're in the driver's seat. When you're in the driver's seat, you better be paying attention to the road. A casting director is the driver. They can't pay attention to everything else. So they go to those panels hoping that there are questions that will help them expand what they can see. But they can only talk from that place of that narrow vision that they have as the So why doesn't, why doesn't that change? Why doesn't what change? How those types of panels are, are conducted. I mean, what would, if you had the feedback to say, you know what, this, that's nice to know, <laughs> but what I really want to know. So I think what you're saying, Jeannie, is the panel is ineffective. I mean, there's just too many. Too many ineffective. No, I'm saying that not, maybe not the right questions are being asked on both sides. Right. They aren't. But the people who are coming in know nothing. So they're told, here are a panel of professionals who are the gatekeepers on you getting a job, and they will tell you what you need to know. And you're coming from out of town, so you're like, what should I do? Well, make sure you have a good headshot and resume. So that doesn't help you? No, that doesn't help you. Okay, so what would? That's my question. What would help? Well, part of what we're talking about is, like you said, you don't know any process where there isn't an artistic director there, and I can name off the top of my head half a dozen where I've never seen the artistic director. I've auditioned. Never seen the artistic director. Was never seen by them. I used to be frustrated going to Cal Shakes. That's another one that has a casting director or casting person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the artistic director, I saw him when I went to audition for another company that was using their space for the auditions. I did not see him at his audition. Hmm. So if the person from that company goes to represent, well, he's not there. She, and it's usually a she, she's there. The casting person, the designated person is there. So those other questions don't really get answered. And nobody thinks to say, is the artistic director going to see me when I come to your auditions? Yeah. Nobody thinks to ask that question. I, and I would agree with that because th that's the person who's going to be making, you know, the... But no. <laughs> What's worse is, is the director going to see me? Okay, yeah. That question is yeah, never, answered, yeah. never asked. Yeah. And... I would say the majority of the times, no, not at that initial audition. Mm. The director may not be there, especially if it's a general. The director is unlikely to be there. So you might be perfect for their show. I don't know how many times I've been cast in something because they had their auditions. They didn't see what they wanted. Somebody recommended me. My name got thrown in. I came in. I'm in front of the director. I get cast in the show. Yeah. Yeah. I go to the general's. That person, that casting director, associate, whatever they want to yeah. title that person, yeah. decides for whatever reason that they don't need to have me in, and I get tossed out. Is it, I mean, is it too much bureaucracy? I mean, it's not too. They're different organizations. So to answer your question, that organization where the artistic director, like a Susan Evans, is hands on and is going to be there. When she's on that panel, mm -hmm. she answers questions from her perspective, and it's valid from her perspective. Mm -hmm. The person she's sitting next to, who is the designated person from, let's say, Cal Shakes, mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because we talked before we got on mic about whether we name names. I have no problem naming names with this because I would love for somebody to push back and tell me it's not true. I have, at this point in my career, auditioned for Cal Shakes probably close to a dozen times. Mm. And I've done a season with them, and I've worked with them on other types of projects. The main stage, I don't hit very often. But I never, ever see any director from Cal Shakes at those auditions. Hmm. I never get past the gatekeepers to see have a director see me, to hmm. decide whether or not they want me. 
And like I said, if I get called in after they've gone through those rounds of auditions and sifted all these people out, mm -hmm. then suddenly I get in. Then suddenly I make the next round. Then suddenly I'm at least considered. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the reality of it. So nobody asks those questions. And the people sitting at the panel wouldn't think to talk to that because... Okay, but I, I'm thinking that because how theater announce their seasons, mm -hmm. they do know who their directors are. They do know. know. And so why would it not be uh, kosher, you know, mm -hmm. to say, who are who are your directors this, this season? Oh, that's great. What, what, yeah. Yeah. what, what are they directing? <clears throat> you know, um... And that's, again, part of the research on uh, the actor's part, or anybody, really, you know, like as a playwright, too. Someone says, oh, oh, we've got this director coming in, blah, blah, blah. I don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. I'll do a research on them. Who are they? Um, when I went to uh, Honolulu, I mm -hmm. had heard the name, but I didn't know who he was and found out that he had gotten a lot of training the in director. New York. And mm -hmm. I thought, oh, okay, all right. That makes me feel, uh, mm -hmm. you know, at least secure in mm -hmm. that in that area so I, again I keep going back to the type of research professionals are willing or even you know non-professionals you know the, on the community front mm -hmm. there how much work are you willing to do to find out how much of your part of it is going to impact you know a production because that's what they're thinking about you know what are you going to bring to the project what are you going to bring to the table right you know and uh, oh you're interested in the director? Oh, yeah. Well, great, that's these are great questions, but I've never heard anybody discuss that. Well, well that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that maybe the process of this give and take that happens and p people still walk away with not getting the answers they need, maybe there should be these set, <coughs> set things that, that say, let's address this, 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 and this. Can it also be a matter of Can it also be a matter of respect? Where let's say the artistic director or the casting director, they're making the decisions, but what's the person out of the loop is the actor. It's like, okay, do your thing, give your audition. Okay, let me see your headshot or whatever. Okay, see you later. Right. And whatever communication is happening, like who's the director? Did the director actually see you, or you know, are they going to see the film? I mean, if they recorded you or whatever, or all the other things. You're completely out of it. You may not even get an email. Right. So you feel disrespected because you don't even know what's going on or what decision was made I, or how I, or why. I, I would say even made. worse than disrespected, you feel undervalued. Mm -hmm. Your value has gone down because mm -hmm. apparently they do not even see the need. You made the effort to schedule your time to show up and present yourself. That's right. And you get no yeah. feedback? Especially if you take your time away. I mean, you let's say there's two auditions happening on the same day. Mm -hmm. You go to one audition and, you know, because someone asks you or the generals or whatever it is, and you're holding yourself for that one thing because you're waiting to hear something, right. and you push away another job. Right. Or you tell someone, well, I don't know if I'm going to take the job. Well, if you don't know you're going to take the job, well, the hell with it. I'm going to cast somebody else. Right. And all of a sudden, the person, the thing that, that you really wanted, yeah. It happens. Can that happens more more than than not. I right. mean, yeah, those first tier actors are their first tier for a reason. Right. You know, they're in great demand. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, so then they have to work their little magic too, saying, "Well, we offer this," you know, yeah. and, and, and all these other things besides offering you the yeah. role. Right. I, mean, I think so, I think as a casting director, I would at least say, let's say if you are my number one man and you're the number two person, mm -hmm. I'll tell the number two person, "Well, listen, uh, we're going to give you a call." let's say by Friday, a week from now, 
we like you, but we want to call some other folks, so just hold on for a second. Yeah. And then contact number one, hey, are you available? Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, I'll tell you, well, listen, I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. thank you so much. That communication happens when you have been proactive and telling them, I'm trying to make a decision. I'm Got maybe it. I'm up yeah. for another show, and they say, we should know something later in the week. And they don't have to tell you we're calling somebody else. But it's up to you, the actor, to That's let it when know. you get that information. And I will agree that that person has so much on their plate mm-hmm. that they can't manage all the maybes yeah. when they're trying to settle what they need. Yeah. And I think that's it. I think that's the moral of the story. You know, be proactive as an actor to say, listen, yeah. these are the yeah, other things that are so. going on. Yeah. And please let me know what's going on. Because yeah. Yeah. if you tell me at the last minute, I may not be able to do it. I wish somebody had told me that in college. I wish somebody <laughs> had told me coming when I got in the field. I yeah. wish somebody had told me. Yeah. So let's segue. Um, speaking of disrespect, <laughs> can we talk walls? <laughs> So if you if you heard the last um, um, the Jeannie Baroga uh, podcast, podcast mm-hmm. uh, which is I think uh, July the fifth or something like that, it was on Fourth uh, July weekend. So you, you had a production called Walls. Is, is this still going on, or is it in production stage, or what stage is it in? Well, right now it's uh, you know in a book. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's had uh, seven productions. Okay. Um, and all over the country. Yeah. So, and, and this is a show about the uh, the Vietnam Wall and Memorial, yeah. Memorial, the building of the Vietnam Memorial Wall in Miami. Right. And there is another production called Wall, which is not related to yours, which happened here in San Francisco. It's right? happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Weekend. this weekend. Yeah. And so that's so. Uh, I'll let you explain the controversy. Well, I don't know if it's controversy, but it's just. A sort of lack of respect. I mean, you know, someone should have called you and said, oh, we've got a production of Walls going on right now. Um, okay, so I'm going to go jump right to the quick about this because mm-hmm. in uh, the, the big question is, well, it's not your play. What they're doing is not your play. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yes, I understand that. But the, the title uh, is so similar, and we're both um, <coughs> in the same mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. theater community. Mm-hmm. We both know each other. We both know each other's work. Um, there were auditions. They, uh, uh, you know, showed up for that. It's not like they did not know that the, the play existed and and the title. Mm-hmm. Okay, you cannot copyright a title. Okay, so it was never um, a question of uh, don't use that. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no I have no uh, backing to say tell anybody no. You cannot use that. And there are plenty of. Um, Similar titles across the nation, much less the world, that are using wall, the wall, you know, uh, walls, exclamation point, mm-hmm. um, the, the play, you know, all those make a difference. Sure. But to use the actual play, knowing that there was already one in existence in your own backyard, that to me just uh, went into an area of really – <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And yours, yours came much earlier. Right? Oh yeah, right. yeah. And I, that was also brought up to me too. So, well, you know, it's over uh, whatever, thirty some, twenty some year play. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is, and again, sort of a uh, uh, segueing into the recent uh, uh, play that was taken over by a San Francisco theater, and they completely chopped it up, right. and uh, then it was uh, uh, was cease and desist. Right. I was not at that point. I could never be at that point to say, cease and desist, you're using the same title. It's the idea that there are unwritten common courtesies, mm-hmm. I believe, should 
exist and co constantly be um, monitored, mm -hmm. you know, by mm -hmm. those people, uh, just out of respect, you know. And that mm -hmm. was the whole, the whole idea that, you know, reared its head to be a controversy. Mm -hmm. But it really was a, a, in, a, an indication of the bigger problem of how people treat each other in fields mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. either dismiss their bad behavior, mm -hmm. you know, um, because it, it's like, well, I didn't mean any harm, right. that type of thing. It's like... We forgot. It's that, yeah, I didn't know. I forgot. Oh, yeah, I certainly want to hear that. You forgot, you know. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's, it's, it's easy to say, um, oh, she's just, she's just uh, ranting or something like mm -hmm. that. But the fact is, it's like, I'm, I'm thinking about all those other people who are not in my position of a little bit more visibility right. who have things happen to them and it, does that mean they have no 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 say in it do they have no recourse can't they just say hey you did a bad thing yeah mm -hmm. you know so uh, and, uh, go ahead yeah so and, and that again segues into your student that um uh, he invited me to speak to the students that I talked yeah. particularly to to the writers, but mm -hmm. some of the other people hung around too. And um, one was saying that, well, what if someone, you know, that's these what ifs. What if someone changes your script? You, um, and I really want it done. That's how it comes down. I really want it done. Should I give in to that? And I went, well, it's your play. These are your words. They, they need to adhere to it, mm -hmm. you know. But I'm just a little person. So that's mm -hmm. a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. I'm a little person. I have no say. Right. If you think that at that level, as a student playwright, you know, and you are to get to the point where I am or, you know, uh, <coughs> someone, of course, many larger, bigger, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. well, more well-known playwrights mm -hmm. than me, it's, it's just that it sets a mindset that you have no power. And that's the thing I was really, really reacting to is that I can't. I need to say something. I need to say something for those people who aren't saying anything. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I totally agree. You know, Norman and I, we've always talked about the um, the theater, the, the Bay Area theater as a community, even mm -hmm. though there are different productions going on sometimes at the same time. Mm -hmm. Actors from one production, you know, in another production, it's always like we're all we're all in the same game. We're all trying to do the same thing. Right. And it's dis disheartening when one organization who may think they're bigger or whatever than others or whatever it is, let's say, steps inadvertently on the toes of somebody else. Right. Like working on, let's say, uh, a play that has the same title mm -hmm. as someone else. And and I wonder, and I've saw a little bit of the, the emails that, you know, between the two of you and two of them, and um, it's just, yeah, you're right, it's just a lack of respect. Well, it's, I, I love the word respect. I would love, and I talk about culture. It's community is one word, mm -hmm. but another is culture. What a culture, like in a nature, a natural culture, there are things that live and there are things that die and decay. Yeah. There are things that are, and that are supported and thrive. Yeah. And there are behaviors that allow mm -hmm. those things to happen. And I would love to feel like we could encourage more in Bay Area theater, more of the mm -hmm. respectful behavior, the more supportive behavior. I can't go out and see everybody's shows. I'm not even going to try and go out and see everybody's shows that I know. Yeah. Uh, your, the musical cafe that's coming up yeah. um, is the same weekend that um, 
Hamlet is running. Sure. Well, so I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I, mean, I, I actually have an have a, a uh, rehearsal for Civil War Christmas on the same day as opening night. I mean, I literally, right. I, luckily, I'll get time off. So yeah, so that doesn't bother me. Actually, okay, so I've written. So I, I talked about a play that I'm working on called Four Men in Paris. Right. And it's based on, or at least the, the foundation is based on another work that our friend, I think I can mention his name, mm-hmm. Richard Talavera. Of course. Um, and he um, created a piece called um, Before the Dream, the, uh, the Life and Death of Richard Wright. Mm-hmm. And I, I was Richard Wright in it. And it motivated me to write Four Men in Paris. But I knew... Uh oh, I could be stepping on Richard's toes. Right. So I called him and we met and mm-hmm. I showed him the script and I right. said, Listen, it's not like I'm trying to steal your thing because, you know, he hadn't written it. It was based on these manuscripts right. by well, Richard and, and Barbara's um, and all sorts yeah, published of Yeah, published pieces. works by or uh, about Richard Wright, by biographers right. or whatever. Yeah. So it wasn't plagiarism or whatever. It's basically an idea. I think of it as embellishing an idea. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to be sure. I don't want to feel, and it was important for me to see him face to face, right? To make sure that everything was okay, and he gave me some advice, and he, you know, but you see that what, why couldn't that have happened? You know, right. why couldn't exactly. that have happened? You yes. know, even though it it wasn't the same idea, you know, it was just the idea. Hey, you know, uh, we're we're gonna name it Walls, and I I probably would have suggested, you know, even if you added an exclamation, even though I already saw it appear, you know, with. Uh, you know, the play, mm-hmm. colon, blah, blah, blah. It, it was it was like it, it, no effort had been made at all, you know. Yeah. And I, I think for you to have taken those steps was totally respectful. And I admire for you that. And I admire Richard for... For you know, uh, you know, having that conversation with you mm-hmm. too, because he's 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 knowledgeable. You know, he can give. He's done a lot of research on that, and I I, mm-hmm. I know he could he could he could help you in that as yeah. well. But it's it's again okay if I saw that my play and oh it's about myelin, yeah I'd be a little <laughs> okay. How can right. it not be about you know walls and myelin and not be that close to my play? Right, right. exactly. So. <coughs> there's that difference, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. I'm not talking like apples and oranges and yeah. things right. like that. But but I was also thinking on a corporate level, like I can't create a th- product called Pepsi, right? You know, and and say, well, it's a little different or something like that. I mean, there are copyright. I mean, not that you have like a, a this is an infringement or trademark, thing, but yeah, trademark thing. But I mean, corporations have are they have big fights, big legal oh, arguments sure. oh, yeah, for things course. like that. It's like, yeah. hey, you're using not even even artists. Right, like Miley Cyrus or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, I can't. Well, Apple. Apple became a fun thing where the music publisher mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and the computer company oh, that's right. started to go at it. Yeah. And there was another the company called Apple, yeah. yeah. A music company, and for the yeah. longest time, they could not get Apple. Yeah. The computer company could not get the music. Apple iTunes, iTunes could exactly. not get the Beatles mm-hmm. for right. the longest time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, things we know where it comes from. And like I said, all they had to do is just to put a shout out to because they knew you right. from what you're saying. They okay. knew that your play existed. Right, right. And again, it's it's something I always feel that it's something uh, endemic that's happening in an atmosphere where things are kind of going awry anyway, right. you know. Uh, it's not like that type of behavior hasn't happened in Bay, Bay Area theater. Right. Yeah. Okay, there's been, there's been tons of uh, 
playwrights' works that have been cut to ribbons and they oh, it's because right. you know we 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 only do hour long plays or bullshit like that. You know, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, it's yeah. like it's like okay, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. This is just bad behavior. And, and we know the thing is, yeah. it, on, a, on a larger scale, where are they getting those ideas that they can get away with that? Sure. Okay, and it's this atmosphere in this country and this culture right. to take advantage of the little people. Right. You know, or what is perceived as little people, perceived as the people who are not going to make a stand. Women, you know, right. poor people, right. you know, all these people like, no, they're not going to make a big deal out of it. Yeah, know? and they don't, you know, even if you want to sue, do you have the money for it? Do you have the lawyer for it? Right. No, you probably don't. Okay, so right. see you later. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah and, and I also think it's a, uh, the culture of, I mean, we've talked about it before, let's say millennial CEOs or startups or Kickstarters or Ooh, whatever, yeah. who have the great idea. And, oh, the hell with the regulation. We, I just want to make the money, make the product. Even if I can't make the product, you know, they can – they're a bunch of startups who collect the money. And venture capitalists. Right, uh, and venture capital, cap, yeah, the, yeah, the VC money or even just Kickstarter or uh, right. whatever, Indiegogo, Indiegogo. And get yeah. little people to give money, right. their hard-earned money. Right. For a product that may never ever ship, right. because they had the idea and they went right. forward with the idea mm -hmm. before they've ironed everything else out, or even if they do have it, like right. Uber, you know, the lack of regulation right. and, right. and all right. of that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. and it's sort of like a frat boy atmosphere. Hey, I've got a great idea. Let's do it, and I'm having so much fun. Oops, did I step on somebody? Oh, oh well. So oh, okay, that's it. I just read a wonderful. I think it's a New Yorker article about Burning Man, mm -hmm. and they were talking about how all of that tech. Yeah. Silicon Valley energy yeah. is going into it, into what had started as, and I didn't realize it started at Baker Beach. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and they got tired of the regulations here, yeah. and that was why they ended up moving is Burning out Man, Is that like the second generation Woodstock? I mean, is it... Uh, well, I, it's been going on. Woodstock was just once, and then they did it as a celebration, mm -hmm. you know, of the, of of the anniversary. Yeah. But... Um, no, Burning Man goes on every year. Mm -hmm. um, but the idea is that all these people come together to create a community, um, no money. So it's all supposed to be barter, and you you got to bring stuff, you got to do stuff. And so people who go mm -hmm. are really proud of that and excited about it. Yeah. But now you've got these billionaire class, this billionaire class who's participating, and they're yeah. not doing that. So you can look on Craigslist, you can look on places and see listings for jobs to help prepare for it and then to come and actually do the work for these people so they can have, like, air-conditioned setups. <laughs> yeah, there's a CEO who was at Burning Man who was apparently giving away her breast milk. Oh, uh, Lord. Did you hear about this? No, <laughs> I did not. Here, let me do a uh, little uh, search. Um, Burning Man. And the fact is, it's funny, I'm reading the article because the article's trying to be respectful of some ideal. And... I learned this a long time ago as an artist. Mm -hmm. I can think that your idea sucks, mm -hmm. but you are making money on it. What's his name? Uh, Jeff Cooning? Um, he's a he's a conceptual artist. He doesn't actually do the work. Oh, okay. Coons, Coons. He. Um, oh, oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He did the uh, Michael Jackson statue. Dean Coons. Uh, I I, Dean Coons in my mind. Okay, I but yeah. It's Jeff. But okay, um, yeah. whatever he um, he comes up with the concept, he sells the concept. Mm -hmm. So they produce the work, which means some other people, some craftsmen, do the work, and then it goes out in the world, and the world talks about it, and somebody buys it, and whatever. And 
I can be mad about that as mm-hmm. a little old me artist in my little corner doing it with a couple of popsicle sticks yeah. and not making any money. Um, but it's really stupid for me to get mad about that because I'm not trying to do what he does. And I don't care about what he does. Mm-hmm. And he's really good at marketing. Mm-hmm. So he marks it. If I could market my popsicle sticks, maybe yeah. I'd be a billionaire. Well, the sad part is, by the way, the uh, the woman is Mickey R. Agrawal. She's the founder of Thinks, T-H-I-N-X. And so, yeah, this is a corporate oh. a person who went to Burning Man to, you know, let it all out or whatever. Right. But, of course, everyone knows about her and nobody else in Burning Man because she is marketing herself. And maybe she went there to market herself. Who knows? And well, well, maybe she went to just enjoy it. Maybe that was her thing, but yeah. she well, we know about it. marketing it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering who you know promoted who who's put that put the story out. But it's a sad thing that marketing is almost more heralded than artistry. I mean, there are articles about recording artists who really don't sing all that much right. at all. <laughs> right. But I, I think they're apples and oranges, and I guess that's my point. Mm-hmm. We, as working-class artists, and that's mm-hmm. the way I think of myself, I'm yeah. a working-class artist, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to make a living, and to make a living to have a life, to have mm-hmm. a life that means something to me. Mm-hmm. Having a nice barbecue with friends is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. When somebody shows up with their little homemade pie or their little salad that they mix themselves, yep. you know, that's special and that's wonderful. Yep. We could, no, we can't, but somebody can have, you know, gourmet chefs come in and do all that work and have this incredible experience, but mm-hmm. are you really connecting with people? Right. You have to work on the level of where you are, yeah. but you have to decide what is enough. You have to draw that line for yourself about what is respectful. Yeah. And decide what work, because you know you need to work. You need to get out there, and sometimes you need to get in your, mm-hmm. you know, into that, yeah. get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. That's all fine. Mm-hmm. But you have to define those things for yourself. And the problem, I mean, getting back to Jeannie, I mean, let's say you do all of the work. Like, you'll re- you know, you write the play, and you go through the rewritings, and you have your, um, the, the um, people speak um, table reads and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. and then another bigger company has your title knows that you know there's a title out there, and all of a sudden people go to see that because it's advertising this and that and the other, and sure you know it doesn't diminish your work, but people may say oh yes I want to see walls oh it's that walls um, okay, and it's it just good it if just they have the knowledge to even do that yeah yeah I mean it, the p- people who had responded to me and saying that oh. Jeannie's wall is walls is going to be put up, and then they really go. Well, that doesn't sound like Jeannie's play. So okay, that means that they they did their homework, or they've right. seen the play, or they right. know me, mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and and that's enough for them to set that question in their mind. Like, why did they name the same, use the same title right. for the play, knowing that don't these people know that you know right across the bay there's there's this play, and and the answer is yes. Yes, they did know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that puts it in a whole other category as well. Yeah. It's like the knowledge of it, and you did <coughs> it anyway. Well, they didn't you know. care. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, let's, let's just put a... Well, they didn't care, but I, again, I think mm-hmm. this is something that is a part of the culture of Bay Area Theater. Yeah. I do my beyond, thing. And beyond Bay Area Theater. It's more than that. It's more than that, but I live here. So I want to take responsibility for where I live and say... 
well, why don't we pay? Because I remember when I was first, and that's the other thing is you talked about numbers and the quantity of talent that is here. There's always new people showing up, mm-hmm. and those new people are trying to get up to speed on what the culture is here. What is the community? Yeah. And so those are the people that go everywhere. Somebody told me about going to Dolores Park to see the clothes of the mine troop. Not the clothes. It used to be. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, it used to. Oh, actually, I guess that's not true. They would have their show at Dolores Park, and then they would take it out to the outer area. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a big deal. You either went to the opening or you <coughs> went to the closing because you wanted to, to support them and be a part of that culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. I'm actually doing that here in Oakland. Um, Vallejo Shakes comes to Oakland now. Mm-hmm. They do one weekend in Oakland at the Peralta House, at the Peralta Hacienda. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been going on for like four or five years now that they've been coming. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now, you know, we're lucky if there's more than two or three dozen people there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there is. Um but it's a thing, and I go, and I'm talking to other people who go, mm-hmm. and we're all kind of like, yay, we love to come out, and we love to support this. And that's what I mean. That's respect. That's culture, where you're going, this is important to me, so I'm going to come out for it. Mm-hmm. And then you start to be aware of what's going on. Jeannie and I uh, actually had lunch together, and we were talking about another friend, and a mutual acquaintance has a project going up, a workshop going up in New York. And I said, this friend was thinking about going. She says, seriously, he wants to go? And I'm like, honestly, if he could, if he had the wherewithal, he would go see that workshop in New York. Mm -hmm. If he had the money and the time, he would go do that to support because that's how high his level of support is. Mm -hmm. Now, if we can get more of that energy in the Bay Area scene. Yeah. Because I remember I went to see, and I will say a name, uh, Brian. Big Brian. King and I, Brian. I went to Sacramento to see him in the Scottish play. He was in the lead in the Scottish play. I went to see it. It was in the park. wasn't that big a deal. Production values. It was a park show. It wasn't, you know, all that. It was exciting to see him in the lead role and just giving it everything he got. I'm happy. That mm-hmm. I saw that show. If I mm-hmm. made a list of 100 shows that I was happy I saw in the Bay <coughs> Area, yeah. that show would easily make that list. Because for whatever shortcomings it had, mm-hmm. I was supporting theater and supporting somebody who is now a New York actor yeah. and is dancing around the com- country, mm-hmm. you know, working. And I got to be there and I got to see that. And yeah. I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. And I feel like if I saw him, the mm-hmm. next time I see him, I think he will say to me, Norman, sir, it's so good to see you. <laughs> yeah. He always does it to me, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you're surring me? Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, he has respect for you. But I, but I, totally, to that word. I totally understand. I mean, it's wonderful when you see someone and you see them grow artistically. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a friend of mine, actually, uh, she'll be on, she's coming tomorrow uh, to do a production. You won't be around. Uh, her name is Jennifer Daly. And oh. she's a stage manager, oh, right, right, right. but also she's into, she's into writing, and she's and she's actually a fantastic writer. I just mm. I'm trying to encourage her to do more and more and more. But it's wonderful to just and everyone should have that energy. I do wonder people people value people have different values. Mm-hmm. People v- value things differently. People think of theater differently. You know, people think right. well. Yeah. If I'm going to theater, I want to see the, going to the Orpheum Theater to see um, right. the Lion King or something like right. that. 
That's value, according right. to those folks. Right. Others will go to um, the um, – I'm, I'm pointing to uh, – what's the uh, theater here? Um, Oakland? Yeah. It's, it's, it's um No, 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 no. It's, it's, uh, it's experimental theater. Um, oh, shoot. I, my, my brain is just gone. The um – uh, the theater is just right here on Jacqueline, on Jacqueline Square. Um, it's Yoshi's? No, no, not Yoshi's. No, this is an actual legitimate theater. Um, God, God um, no. The flight deck. Oh, up on Broadway. Yeah, Broadway. The Broadway, flight deck. Broadway and 15th. Yeah. Oh God, I'm getting too old, man. I'm just, <laughs> my, my brain is just. <laughs> no, I know. Anytime somebody wants yeah, to tell so me that nothing new is happening, I'm like, yeah. that's the flight deck. What are you talking about? Right, exactly. So the flight, the, you know, people have value in that. And I'll right. about flight tech because we'll, we're going to have Cecilia Palm Tech in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <clears throat> like, you have value in seeing, you know, not only in you, what you're doing, right. but also what other people are doing. Right. That you've known throughout the years. And uh, having Linda Ayers Fredericks on last week was amazing because it's a name I have known yeah. all of my Do time. Do you know Linda Ayers Fredericks? Of course she does. Yeah. And, and you know, and. I've seen so many pieces there, and that's it's funny. It came up. Have you ever worked together? No, we have not actually ever worked together all, throughout all those years. But I've done box office at her theater for <laughs> yeah. Ian Walker. I've yeah. done it for Ian Walker yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, um, you know, I'm like this is. It, it just feels like what now everyone's that's, now that's someone who respects people. Yeah, that's, that's people. what this is about. Yeah. About respect and common courtesy and support <clears throat> of of. of people within our own theatrical community mm-hmm. to when, when I see people in the audience and, and I haven't seen them in a while it's like right you know thank you right. thank you for support mm-hmm. I'm just I'm I'm always touched by that it's mm-hmm. like it, being a playwright I think particularly you know we disappear into our little cave world you know <laughs> yeah. and we write right 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 and then you know all of a sudden we're out there dishing out our our scripts trying to get it done and stuff like that and then the people show up for for uh, the production that maybe they haven't seen your work in in a few years, yeah. okay, and they're still there, yeah. and they still remember your values, your what what your message is, and mm-hmm. and and what your stance is on things, and that that's that I really appreciate that, but I really appreciate that they have that courtesy to to make it out there from the North Bay down to the South Bay, right. you know, mm-hmm. East. It's like. God, you are really traveling. Well, because yeah. all of us here, when we're in rehearsal and in production, we're traveling all the time. Mm-hmm. We have to do it. You know? Yeah, they they don't <coughs> have to do it, and they do, and that that that's the thing that kind of sets people apart in how they uh, how, how they regard you next to me or that playwright. I still don't even know her last name yet, but I like her work, and I think she's someone to watch. You know, or, or that right. actor who I've always wanted to work with, and God, if there's any way I could get him or her into into my place, you know, that right. that type of uh, uh, cumulative mm-hmm. effect effect of, of of a community, as opposed to the divisiveness which happens, you know, because there's passion involved. Yeah, you know? right. And, com- and, and competition. And competition and, and yeah. But, yeah. but you know, it, sometimes it, unnecessarily. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The, just the idea that. Because of we're, we're so passionate in what we do, and we're so zoned in, and and what our our mm-hmm. our, 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 our participation and involvement is to make that one play go <coughs> up. Um, I, I, I think 
people need to realize we're all in this. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to well, say that. And it's, it's, it sounds so trite. But we're all in this together. Yeah. You know? And it's easy to lose sight of that if, let's say, if I'm doing a production like you just mentioned, I've got a production going on, but you are going to be in rehearsal for another production. Right. I could easily say, forget about that. Focus on my stuff. Right. <laughs> and that's a very petty way of thinking about it. And it wouldn't surprise me if, because there, I mean, like I mentioned in a couple of, uh, there was a couple of other podcasts, there are three Hamlets going on right. at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. At least three, shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, there's Ninja who's uh, doing Hamlet yeah, or who a, did I Hamlet. Think they, the, yeah, yeah, I think they're finished already. Right. And then there are a couple of um, I think SF Shakes is uh, is doing. Right. SF Shakes is doing. Yeah. yeah. And then there's at least another production. Right. And uh, who knows if they did it because they're competing against one another or what have you. Um, I don't know. I actually that even would not bother me. I mm-hmm. would not find that to be disrespect. I would find that to be competition. Yeah. And. Yeah, there's a certain amount of disrespect in that, but at least it's an awareness of an acknowledgement. I want to be more subversive in all this. Mm -hmm. I want to say we spend our time connecting to those people that we want, that we feel appreciated by, and that we want to support. Mm -hmm. And that we make that the identity Mm -hmm. of Bay Area Theater. I would love to see that for a little while. Because honestly... What was the show we were talking about? There was some show, and it's like, why? Oh, Our Town. Why the hell is somebody doing a reading of Our Town? Because they want to. Mm -hmm. Because it moves them and means something to them. Yeah. Great. What are they going to do with it? Mm -hmm. Is it worth seeing? Because i got to tell you, somebody says, well, Hamlet. I haven't seen that many live productions of Hamlet. I don't know. I'm sure I've seen it maybe once. Mm -hmm. Um, Midsummer Night's Dream, I've seen too many times. I will not go see another Midsummer Night's Dream <laughs> if I don't have a good reason to see it. If you yeah. said, oh, my God, I'm playing Oberon, please come see me. In fact, that's the way I saw it the last time I saw it was I knew people who were in it. And mm-hmm. I went, oh, okay, I'll go see this show that I can quote. <coughs> yeah. Um, but I'll I, go yeah. see it. If uh, someone told me that it was a different interpretation of Hamlet or whatever it's going to be. Right, exactly. Well, yeah. ours will be. Ours will be a very cut down. Mm-hmm. But I'm loving they have incorporated flashbacks to get some of the information that is there in the full text okay. into the play without us having to go through all of it. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I'm, I'm intrigued mm-hmm. to see how this develops. Yeah. But also, on the other on the other end of the spectrum, um, I saw Robert Estes, Anton Wells' mm-hmm. um, Tender Napalm. Yeah. And I'm about to do a little review on it. Oh, awesome. And... I'm like, yeah, I'll do a review on that. And I'm like, okay, so I have to think about what the language of review is. But mm-hmm. more than anything, what this is about is Robert Estes, one, his mind, I just am fascinated with. Mm-hmm. Two, the way he approached making a company and the work, the hoops that he is willing to jump yeah. through to bring it up to a certain level of quality. Yeah. That's amazing. And then three, he really is like, he actually went to Chicago for a conference. Mm-hmm. Um little tiny company here. He went to Chicago for a conference because he wanted to keep up with what's going on and what is the current thinking. Mm -hmm. And he's not just feeding at the trough. Somebody's not just pouring ideas into his head. He's got ideas in his head. He's trying to see where his ideas connect and resonate with what's going on. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is exciting frigging theater. What's amazing about Robert S. is we had him on, and um, wasn't he an accountant? What was his job? 
uh, oh, for I years. Oh, what he said he was doing, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, paralegal, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think he was a paralegal. But for someone to jump into theater and to be successful, I mean, Tender Napalm is very, very successful. I hope so. It's well. I mean, it's you know, I've seen um, you know, you, you've had a it had a tremendous impact, you know, when you saw it. I. Yeah. It's a fantastic show. Yeah. I was asked to do a review as I'm basically it's my tryout. Yeah. And I'm like, what, uh, what can you? What's the? Um, I, I couldn't even honestly tell you. Somebody sent me a link and said these people are looking for some stuff. Um, would you be interested? <laughs> okay. And I sent a quick email and said I'd be interested, and they said, well, tell us about a show that you saw recently. Do it in four minutes. Cool. There you go. I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. So, but to me. I'm supporting that because I also I've been in this theater scene for long enough that I know lots of people who are not on the front lines mm -hmm. of this cultural war that is making theater. Yeah, um, and a lot of those folks who have opted out mm -hmm. have said for this reason and that reason and the other reason I can't bother with this, and they always add in yeah. nothing interesting or nothing else is happening, and the most interesting things that they saw. They remember how those things failed and have gone away, and nobody remembers, like uh, Latina Theater Lab, for example, mm -hmm. um, which was an amazing group that was actually traveling the Southwest, mm -hmm. touring shows. They were doing, they yeah. were doing great. Yeah, and they're gone, and nobody. The only yeah. people involved and those few people who went to see it, yeah. while it was here, remember it. Yeah, I'm one of those people. But I'm also going to pay attention to the flight deck. I'm going to pay attention to Ubuntu. I'm mm -hmm. going to pay attention to Anton's Well. Yeah. I'm going to pay attention to Piano Fight. Right. Because there is the there are these new venues with new energy, mm -hmm. and they are doing stuff that can be exciting. Yeah. Uh, Piano Fight just did um, Radio Golf, mm -hmm. and it was a one night, you know, August Wilson mm -hmm. reading. Um, I, and I don't know how more how realized it was, but one night, and I'm like, no, I won't. You you will not get me to take a full script and put the time and energy into getting it up and putting it in front of an audience in any big way. Mm -hmm. But these people are willing to do it, and I'm like, well, before I just dismiss that as stupid, mm -hmm. maybe I should go check it out. If I go and I check it out, and it turns out to be really stupid. Then I don't need to bother with it anymore. But to dismiss them when I don't even know what they're doing mm -hmm. is for me to say, well, all the other cool companies that I knew back in the day are gone. These new companies are not worth my time. Well, what's left? Yeah. It's interesting. You brought cultural war. I guess it's, yeah, I mean, when you think about some of the, uh, the theater companies that are not around anymore, some that are good. I mean, I've been a part of two of them, mm -hmm. EastEnders and uh, Bay, Bay Stage. Right. And they're they're called, they're sort of like casualties, like you know corpses or, or whatever. I mean, if you want to, do you do you think about that? Uh, a lot because having been in the Bay Area theater uh, for quite a few years, mm -hmm. I've seen so many come and go. Oh yeah. And the ones that I really thought, oh wow, this is so different, and they're really they've really got a different take on this, mm -hmm. and and there's values, and right. and and I like the people. You right, know? Right, right, yeah. right. On, on top of that, and then. Generally, because of of economics, they fold. Sure, you know, but they were the they were the the, the flash for a while, yeah. right. and they made their mark. Right. Yeah. And it's like I think that's the type of theater that is. If I can still remember it, mm -hmm. it's memor it's memorable. They right. did something. They right. they made an impact. You know. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and you can see uh, uh, season after season of 
of uh, theaters that have been here a long, right. a long time. Yeah. And then you think, like, God, what was the last thing I saw that I really, really <laughs> liked? Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know? So uh, there's that type of energy and blood flow that I think has to happen to keep mm -hmm. uh, theater alive. Yep. You yeah. You know, and yeah. different. You know. And I think what what you're referring to is again uh, that type of uh, it's not a sarcasm, but it's y you get kind of tired, you know, kind of tired of, right. of, of thinking like, w why does it keep doing the same things over right. again and in the same way? Because why? they're afraid. Why? They're afraid of making change. They're yeah, afraid but of they know it makes money. You yeah, know? But they also know they put it in a slot that's going to be, uh, okay, that, that slot just needs a little more right. bump, so we'll put it there because it's recognizable and maybe it's not going to make as much as the big mainstream yeah. one in, in the season, yeah. but... So there's all these decisions that go into it, but what does that do for mm -hmm. the growth of theater, especially in this 20th century, with all its many 21st, 21st century? 21st century, am I? Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, with all these these gigas and gadgets and things that make before it was like, oh no, it's just it's it's just a chair and a, mm -hmm. a light and stuff like that. No, all this Holy stuff cow, yeah. is making incredible strides yeah. and 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 uh, affects the theater look you're, so much you're reminding me of Spalding Gray because I remember when he became a big thing and he was a microphone a notebook yeah. a table bam yeah yeah, yeah. right but that, that's still legitimate I mean that, that's is. theater yeah. it's that's theater and this is theater <coughs> yeah. and even bad theater is theater yeah. it is but so I mean I, I mean I think about like the obscure plays that I've either seen or been around, been, and it, it made an impact on me, although it may not have been an impact on anyone else. Like Water Buffalo. I still right. think about Water Buffalo. And uh, who was it? I think it was. Now, I remember, uh, was it Linda or Frederick? I forget who I mentioned it. And someone was like, wow, you still remember that. Mm -hmm. Or when Colin Hussey talked about Great God Brown. Did it shock you that right. he still remembered Great God Brown? No, because it was his idea. Oh, yeah. You know, this weird-ass <laughs> Eugene O'Neill play that we took back to the Eugene O'Neill house. Yeah. And they were like, it's funny because I talked to all the people up there about it. Mm -hmm. And they were like, I don't know if I know that one. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's a little off the beaten path. But it was exciting, and what we did with it was exciting. Mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. And it was us reaching, Oakland Public Theater was reaching to do more than it had done. Mm -hmm. And who knows if we will ever reach those heights again. You know, we keep talking about the Eureka because they just closed up shop. Yeah. Well, it's and they of, wouldn't it's have been around. Now. Well, they wouldn't have been around for as long as they were if it wasn't for Angels in America. And oh my God, if you were somebody who saw Angels in America when it was premiered in San Francisco... Before it went to Broadway yeah. and became a huge show, oh, yeah. and then came back. I saw it when it came back to ACT, and there were so many people I knew who just were like, well, you know, ACT is doing this. <laughs> and and, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, because their spot where they premiered it, mm -hmm. it must have been an incredibly exciting show. ACT overproduced it. Um, but ACT was picking it up back from Broadway, mm -hmm. and that allowed all of that energy around that show allowed the Eureka to get some cash and revive. But mm -hmm. artistically, it never revived. Well, it Eureka revived closed it. more than once. Right. But they came It rose from the ashes many... Because of that money, and then they owned, opened that theater, and they ran that theater until just this year, and then they yeah. finally are done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and and true. It's like it's like in a way their existence was. It was almost like it was for Angels in America. 
you know? They planted the seeds, and it grew, and yeah. it made such an impact. And, and yeah, people yeah, aren't going to bring up, oh, did you know that that started you yeah. in San Francisco? And that's the mother of all ironies. You have one incredible show, which was which was created by great artist artistry right. and great um, great sens- sensitivity. I mean, right. Angels in America. But... Now that you're big, oh, we can't do that anymore. It's almost like a rock right. star who, you right. know, d- in a garage, you mm-hmm. know, creating mm-hmm. something out of their own heart. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. you're big. Now you have executives saying, no, 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 no. You have, you have to right. do mm-hmm. what the market wants right, you to right. do. So copy throw what you said out. before, but right, don't right. make it a copy. Right. 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 <laughs> no, no, no. But so on, to bring it back to that level of how can I thrive mm-hmm. as an artist if – I am just going to judge myself by the standards of other people. How can I make sure that I'm judging myself by some standard that makes me happy and comfortable, Mm -hmm. and I can go in my yard and weed and be content with my life, but then, you know, I can go and I can do Hamlet, and I can feel really good about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, we're, hey, we're having fun. It's, it's over an hour. <laughs> we haven't even talked about I, I really need to get my rant out. I know we're going to do shout-outs and all ahead. that stuff. So in between Hurricane Harvey and the upcoming Hurricane Irma, which won't hit, uh, today is the 7th of September. So mm-hmm. it's going to hit Florida uh, tomorrow. Right. Um, I, by the way, I saw an inconvenient sequel, and Al Gore mm. was right about every, everything. No. It's, it's very sad. So yeah. in between all of that. Betsy DeVos, who is the uh, Secretary of, of, education. of Education, basically says, so Obama, you know, uh, a couple of years ago created, uh, had an addition to Title IX basically saying schools, universities must be diligent in prosecuting sexual assault. Right. Or in, so investigating sexual right. assault. At least call the police. Right. Not your police, not your own investigation, but the police. Right. To start, you know, something. So Ms. DeVos, today says, well, no, we're going to scale back on that because it, 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 invo- it violates um, the due process or for the potential victims. And she identifies the potential victims are those who are accused right. of rape and sexual assault, yeah. which we're, is we're horrible. Back to witch hunt. Yeah. It's absolutely horrible. And, and it's just ridiculous because to call the police to say, hey, Jimmy may have raped Jane, Right. it doesn't violate his, even if Jane is lying, if you call the police, the police will do an investigation. And right. if he's exonerated, he's exonerated. Right. And, and they can maintain his privacy until they are done with their investigation. Mm-hmm. But to not even require the reporting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely. It's just yet another moment of, really, this is where we're at? Yeah. And, of course, you know, a couple of days ago, he destroys DACA. And then turned around within 12 hours to say, oh, you guys are okay for six hours. I'm going to take care of you guys. I'm going to take care of you. If you were worried, no, two years, I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. Well, I think, doesn't Congress have six months to decide? They have, but the people can um, apply for citizenship to continue their DACA status, and they can get a two-year extension. The ones who are in the pipeline can do that. So that's the outer limit of this. Right. Beyond that, we're waiting for Congress or him or somebody to decide they're going to help somebody. Sure. And I'm like, ooh, waiting on you? Dude, I, I, I'm going to start walking. Well, I'm start he, he, he wants Congress to be the bad guys. He wants – he's introducing – Congress the, will be the bad guys. Congress isn't going to get this done. 
Yeah, it's 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 just you know he's just a super troll. Trump is. I mean, he's just he just does things to provoke. To provoke. I mean, how is a President child troll? Yeah, he really like is Donald Troll. I mean, and it, it has no objective but to irritate and piss off people and make ratings. Yeah, look at the size of the crowd we got here. Yeah. I mean, hey, he's already the hurricane. <laughs> These are people running from a hurricane, and you're at a shelter. Right. Exactly. They're not waving your banner. Oh my God. <laughs> it's. I mean, you know, we, we have to laugh to keep from crying. It's just. It's just really hard. I think you you summed it up. Really, it's really each each time something appears on headline, it's like, will this piss them off? Is this going to piss them off? Let's right. try this one. Let's try that one. Oh, this 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 will yeah. definitely you know rile people up. But you know what? They're not going to do anything. No, 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 my, rant, my rant is. Mm-hmm. Um, I I decided I I got really pissed about the DNC and their fundraising efforts because oh, yeah. they can't send me any email or post anything that you click on without immediately going to a contribution page. And I'm like, yep. Can we actually talk about the issue that you raised, which right. is why I clicked on this, yeah. before you hit me up for my wallet? Yeah. And there is one place that I would happily fund right now. I want to put money into any movement to buy T-shirts and hats that say Make America Great Again that we pass out to the homeless. All across America. Oh, to embarrass Trump. No, because I saw a woman wearing a T-shirt that said Make America Great outside her tent, pouring mm-hmm. liquid into something. Yeah. And I, and I saw a clean T-shirt, too. Yeah. Make America Great. And I was like, that is... That's th- a Trump supporter, huh? That is... That's the Dorothea Lange picture that we need right now. That, yeah. That is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what we need. <laughs> hey, that's that. that sounds fantastic. I mean, you know, that's... It's funny that you mentioned the DNC and contributions. I mean, it, it it immediately reminded me of Gray Davis. Remember Gray Davis? Oh yeah, that's what got him out of <laughs> office because it did. He, it, he was such a he he did contributions better than but he did actual body. governing. Right. And no, I know. I, I felt bad for him. Yeah. When they did the recall effort, I felt bad for him because it wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. The actual issue of the day was not his fault. Yeah, this but is the Enron, Enron, the energy thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I was like, this has nothing to do with him, mm-hmm. right? But I don't like him, <laughs> and I hate the way he governs or doesn't govern. Well, and so but, you mean would you prefer Arnold Swar- for somebody else? Yeah, Schwarzenegger. Yes, Arnold. Yes, Arnold was a better governor. Hmm. Okay. I hate the way that he got in. I mean, I hate the way he got in too. I hate the way that um, our mayor here, Libby Shack, got in. Mm-hmm. But I look at the situation. Gene Kwan was going to fall. You know, there were just too many negatives against her. And they weren't the negatives that were being published. Mm-hmm. It was that she was old, she's Asian, and she's female. Mm-hmm. And they beat her up on everything. And I was like, wow. And you'd be stupid mm-hmm. not to read the political tea leaves and go, wow, this woman cannot yeah. survive this. Yeah. And Jean, and um, Libby Schaaf read those tea leaves and went, ooh, somebody's got to step up. And she stepped up. Yeah. But now she keeps crying that, wow, this is hard. I didn't know this was going to happen. Well, I mean, Ron Dellum's got to run out too, right? Well, Ron, Ron wasn't going to do a second term. Ron told him when he they nominated him for his first term. Well, I'll take the nomination, but I'm an old man. I'm, I might have to take a nap. He literally said that. I, I might I have to take a nap. And I was like, I'm not voting for him. But I love that afro. 
I'm trying to sport <laughs> that, that, that white afro. Ooh, yeah. Dude. You got any uh, political thoughts, um, Jenny? Jenny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know. What time are you at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're, we're doing okay. You're doing we're, okay. We're about to go into a shout out to whatever. But I mean, you're, you're well, not. I did want to bring up my book. But yes, that's of course. Please. Is, please, please, uh, please do. It's quasi political. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we just celebrated. We uh, had a split of champagne over lunch, uh, mm-hmm. celebrating the fact that I, I handed it over to my, my editor yesterday. So, um, and that's again turned right at the water buffalo. So uh, it's been really. Encouraging. I had nine readers mm-hmm. actually go through it and collated their their uh, their comments, yeah, and it, mm-hmm. it went into each of the five drafts that I mm-hmm. I handed to him. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of work has been put into it since I got back from Hawaii in January. So I started really hitting it uh, in February. So mm-hmm. February, March, April, May, June, July, August, mm-hmm. September. Which is record time, <laughs> I, I was told. I, I didn't know that. Some people take two, three, ten years. I went, you're writing. This is what you do. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been a real uh, education for me, mm-hmm. switching from the playwriting world to the novel world. It, it, it's like as long as you've got the basics of storytelling, they, they, they transfer across those media. Mm-hmm. But how it's said. Yeah, you know, the narrative mm-hmm. versus the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 nice to learn something new. It is. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in in this day and age, in my age, and all. You think you have stuff. another book in, inside you that you want to write? Oh yeah, yeah. Because already written. That's. I read that one. <laughs> it's um, that's my fourth book. This is the first one I really oh. thought was. Written. You know, yeah, the, the prime one to really start to push uh-huh. in into that into that uh, publishing world. the publishing yeah. world that's not the vanity press you know it's yeah. not Amazon it's it's uh it's hopefully it'll be an ebook that. as well I mean you know I think they do Amazon. that they yeah. however the they States? take it on however mm-hmm. publishers take it on mm-hmm. they, they look at across the board how many different formats it's going to go into but first of all they look at you know the subject matter how different it is mm-hmm. right. you know which which it is being um Second generation, looking at the first generation, and uh, and realizing that there's, you know, what what the loss is mm-hmm. along that route mm-hmm. as far as as culture, uh, what the changes are of the country, which was the Philippines back in the 90s, compared to now. What happened then sowed the seeds to what is happening now with Duterte and yeah. mm-hmm. and, and uh, the revolutionaries who. Are gaining in number, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, they're 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 really building up again as they had for Marcos. Right, yeah. and you know so, that's that's another horrible thing about Trump. I mean, there's so many of these crazy things that he does. It just it detracts us from other real yes. issues yeah. like right. Duterte. You know, right. really worry about. Did you know that people. he's up to when his administration started? If you know how long or short ago that was, he's already up to a, an. Uh, unofficial 9,000 deaths mm. that are attributed to drug-related mm-hmm. arrests or yeah. or uh, without, without due process. Yeah. Without due process. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm. And that's, I mean, they said they that number can fill their stadium, which holds 13,000. Mm-hmm. So looking at it in that, that right. way, right. it's like, oh, my God. Of their own people, you know, and, right. and he, it, he it, it's in the Philippines. It's, it's one term, four years. Is that right? Uh, eight. 
So he's going to he's going to be in there Two, for eight that, years. What is it? It's uh, 17, tw 22, 17, 5. Why is it 22? So Four I guess that's 18, 19, oh, 20, Five years? He yeah, has five more years? Five, yeah. Yeah, um, I think so. Sad. Yeah, and he said back in January, of course, he said, oh, yes, I'm going to cut back on this this type of uh, police behavior and stuff like that. Well, obviously it hasn't. And then right. he re reissued his uh, new idea that, no, I'm going to carry it right through my whole yeah. my whole. Well, term, well, well who's, so. to, who's to check him? I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. Not us. Watching, yeah. yeah. Shout outs. Shout outs. Well, it's that time of the month um, for the Counting Actors Project. Uh, Valerie Week uh, manages this, and every month they count shows that are willing to report. It's self-reporting. Mm -hmm. um, the shows that they do, um, just to try to get a sense of how women are represented in the shows. So uh, here are the stats. Uh, playwrights, there were 13, three women and 10 men. Directors, there were 12, six women and six men. Got some not bad, not bad. Union actors, 24. There were 13 women and 11 men. Non-union actors, there were 45. 21 women, 24 men. We're getting pretty good on that. Total actors, 69. 34 women, 35 men. 24 union, 45 non-union. Those are decent numbers. And 63 local and 6 non-local. And the shows that were included in the count were Air Swimming at the Dragon Theater, uh, the Three Musketeers at Marin Shakes, uh, the making of a great moment at the Z Space. That's yeah, that was just a two-hander. That's cool. Uh, Black Odyssey, Cal Shakes, uh, the curious case of the Watson Intelligence at Shotgun Players, Twisted Hitchcock, Left Coast Productions. Um, note: An evening of three short plays with three playwrights, three directors, and actors playing multiple roles across three pieces. And for um, the sake of mm -hmm. full disclosure, I was almost a part of this project and had to bow out. Mm -hmm. uh, the Mathematics of Love at the Brava, uh, the playwright and the director are the same person. Walls, Mime Troupe, one female director, a male music director, three male writers, one each for script, lyrics, and music. And Hamlet, Ninjas of Drama. So... That's who was in the count. Um, anybody who wants to can report. And I'm like, wow, i got to make sure I send this to my director mm -hmm. for Hamlet and make sure we and get that And is it out. a website, Counting Actors? Um, it is, uh, yeah, it's um, Works by Women SF. Oops, that is not what I meant to do. Uh, works by Women SF. Um, works by Women SF dot WordPress dot com. Oh, so it's okay. a WordPress thing. Got it. And we'll put a link to there. Um, and then <coughs> uh, birthdays. Yep. Should I save them or do you, are you ready for them? Uh, yeah, let's go. Usually we do the birthdays and it doesn't matter. We're, we're there. Yeah, go for uh, it. Well, Jeannie's birthday is coming up. So, you know, oh, we got to acknowledge that. September, all Libras, happy birthday. Yeah. 18 again, right? <laughs> close, close. <laughs> um, where? Birthdays. Uh, Tracy Hill Potter, playwright, Bay Area playwright, and uh, she's now that. back and forth between L.A. She was the executive director of the Play Cafe and helped, I think, start the Musical Cafe. Mm -hmm. uh, That's where I heard the name from. Yeah. Lauren English Clark, who is part of um, SF Playhouse, her mm -hmm. birthday. 
Um, Amy Sass, part of the Flight Deck. And for the week coming up, Anna Schneiderman, who is also part of Flight Deck, um, and Ragged Wing Ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, Juliet Tanner is local actor. Trevor Allen, who I'm going to see this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a local playwright. Um, Cheryl D. Huddleston is a playwright who has come back wow, to the Bay Area. Yeah, really. Josh Pollock, local actor and musician. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ron Obergon, who is an actor and works with me at Each One Reach One. So awesome. those are birthdays coming uh, up in the next yours? week. My birthday's not coming up to October. <laughs> yeah, but still. It's coming up. <laughs> I have a couple of other So I, I, I have created what I call the birthday season. And the birthday season is however many days, whatever d- year you're turning this mm-hmm. year, it's that many days before your season starts, that many days before your birthday, which means on your birthday you get to celebrate the season, the end of your season. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in the middle of my birthday okay. season. All right. So uh, I only have, boy, you had a bunch. I only have one. <laughs> oh, and one other shout-out, Ubuntu show, which I'm going to go see Rashomon. tomorrow. Rashomon. Yes. That's right. UbuntuTheaterProject.com. Yeah. Um, August 25th through September 17th. Yeah. Um, boy, I can't read my writing. Caitlin Everson. Uh, she has a birthday on the 10th. Uh, and that's really all that I have. Caitlin Everson, I acted with her in Skin of Our Teeth. Oh. She, along with Radhika Rao, were, um, let's see, Radhika was a, um, a a woolly mammoth, and she was she was another animal, some sort of a prehistoric wow. creature. okay. I think she was a little dinosaur. Mm-hmm. But in any case, she's a fantastic actress, and I'd love to see her on stage again. So, Caitlin, happy birthday. Happy birthday to all, uh, to all, all the folks. Hey, hey. Um, shout outs. Okay, so the Fisher King Project, I talked about that at the Magic Theater. Yes. <laughs> Again, another project that I was supposed to be a part of. And oh, is I that right? To, yeah. I had to bow. I don't know if you enjoy the Fisher King. That was the movie with Robin Williams. Robin Williams, Williams yeah. yeah. So I guess they're celebrating the life of Robin Williams and the, and the movie right. by doing a little theater production. That began, oh, actually, tonight is tonight, opening yes. night. Yes, yeah. No. Oh. Um, September the 7th through the 10th. Uh, the 9th, there'll be a double-double, 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. Also, um, always, I'm always pushing Bendel Stiff Studios. They're doing uh, Stories High. Uh, 17? 15, 15, 17? 17. That's right, the 17th. 17. And they opened on the 31st of August, mm-hmm. and they will be running until um, the 16th of September. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about Ubuntu. So that's it. Those are the shout-outs. Unless you've got yeah. one, Jeannie? Um. Well, that's not exactly a shout-out, but it's sort of like an update, just mm-hmm. in yeah. case you update, want sure. to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now, because I'm done with this book, I'm now going into the uh, play uh, for, I, I pitched in Hawaii, about the labor organizations in the plantations. In Hawaii. In Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's so. fantastic. Let me give uh, one last shout-out uh, just to... to my and others are uh, horns. Um, so but this will be in October. The Musical Cafe Falls 2017 Showcase. Finally, if you go to musicalcafe.org, we actually have the information on the website. So four musicals. One of them will be mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is Love the Struggle, a book by Stacy Prey, a uh, wonderful um, – she's a guitarist um, who wrote a play. And it will be uh, music and lyrics by Yar Evnine. Love the Struggle. Then we have The Loving Tree, uh, written by Peter Master. Pickpocket, book and lyrics by Sandy Katzen, music by Billy Wolf. And Nia, music, lyrics, and book 
by Reg Clay. With the yeah. gorgeous poster. I love that poster. Where, where is it? Oh, I've got to, uh, I've got to print it out. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll pop it up. But it's a little, it's, it's sort of like the Wiz. Mm. <laughs> oh, cool. cool. Yes. How long have you been working on that? You know, uh, it's funny. It's one of those things I knocked out almost immediately. Wow. Right. <laughs> wow. I was motivated by, uh, I uh, participated in the spring um, was it the spring? Yeah, the spring showcase. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, you know, we're, we're opening it up for new writers. And I'm like, hey, I've got a couple of songs. Let me write a, a play. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of, please, a bittersweet play about a woman who falls in love with the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. And I'll save the ending. But, uh, yeah, just come, come, come to it. And so that will be uh, October 26, 27, 28 at 7 p.m. at Piano Fight. Right. That, that, that place that we always keep that talking about. That place keeps coming <laughs> up all the time, yeah. So, let me give you my usual blurb. Uh, you can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app and on all iPhones and iPads. You can also find the Yay on iTunes. Just click on iTunes, click on Store. You're not going to buy anything. Don't worry about it. Use the search engine on the upper left-hand side and search for a Yay, and you will find us. The Yay. The Yay. You can search for Norman G. or Reg Clay, too. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app and search for the Yay. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook and we'll take it from there. And we've got to find a better sign off. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out.